crochet base. We're gonna crochet while we talk about crochet, while we talk about crochet. You can crochet too. Yeah. Well, welcome everybody back to the podcast. I welcome, welcome. <laughs> I'm Jess. I'm Max, and we are the, the Crochet, crochet Base. And this is episode sixteen. It's sixteen. That's crazy. It really is. And Every it feels episode weird is exciting. Because, like, let's just acknowledge something right here. I'm mm-hmm. back. I'm She's back, back, baby. She didn't get <laughs> lost in the Bermuda Triangle. I don't even think I was anywhere near the <laughs> I don't even know where it is. Uh, well, where were you? I was in the Caribbean. I was in the Bahamas. Yeah. So you probably were in the Bermuda Triangle. Really? Yeah. It's uh-huh, like one sure. of the most common like areas that a lot of ships go through. I didn't know it was one of the most common areas they go through. I knew it was one of the most common areas they go missing. Well, that's why it's the most common area where people go missing, because it's one of the most traveled routes in the ocean. (laughs) Okay, well, that makes sense. It's not really that mysterious. It's just statistics. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Dang it. I love conspiracy theories. and You just ruined it. I learned that from The Sweet Life on Deck. Thanks, Disney Channel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Zach and Cody. (laughs) Oh, those ruffians. (laughs) those ruffians i it feels weird like i feel like i'm missing something because i wasn't in the last episode and i have not finished listening to it yet so really i'm really dropping the ball she's a bad co-host i really am she's like we could have like we could have come up with a whole thing last episode and you just wouldn't even know about it it's true you could have talked total smack about me and i and i mean i know you did but right. like we definitely did yeah. you definitely did so like I, you haven't listened to all of the ads yet is what you're saying no honestly i'm halfway through episode 10 right now so like wait did you get to the first ad on the last episode or n- or none of the ads i i don't think i did because all of a sudden i had to pause it to talk about something and i went on a tangent like i do and i forgot to turn it back on yeah i can't remember which one is first and which one is second but yeah one one of the ads i'm not gonna ruin it i'll just say you need to don't ruin it I, i'm going to listen to them but i just want to say thank you so much emily for um you know filling in for us i hope you guys really enjoyed the episode Emma's a good time we love her but i hope you love me more <laughs> <laughs> wow she said i know you talk smack about me so i'm just gonna serve someone right back up <laughs> Also, I don't know if my mom listens to all of the episodes. Mom, if you're listening right now, text me. Um, but she definitely listened to the episode of like, you know, her girls. And she she calls me. She's like, I listened to the episode of the podcast. She goes, you make me sound like some sort of crochet queen. <laughs> crochet queen. She's like, I really didn't do that much. I'm like, yeah, but you taught us. Like, you were yeah. our whole crochet world. It's true. It's like... Like, my grandma taught me the foundations, but I taught her how to do, like, a Megarumi and stuff and how to mm-hmm. read patterns. So, you know, she's still right. the MVP. Right. We all start <clears throat> somewhere. So, um, Megs, what's new with you? A lot is the answer, but. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, what do you want to hear? Do you want to hear about my cruise? Do you want to hear about what I'm doing right now? Like. <sighs> I both do and don't want to hear about your cruise. <laughs> I do because I love cruising and I don't because I love cruising uh, and I'm not on a cruise ship right now and it makes me sad. 
Okay. Any moment I'm on land, I'm sad about that. Well, I'll give you like a really quick run through because I know we're going to talk about the cruise a little bit more in one of the um, next episodes anyways. Right. Um, so we had a really good time. We were on a five-day cruise on Royal Caribbean to the Bahamas and then Coco Cay Island in the Bahamas, which is Royal Caribbean's private island. Honestly, I spent most of my time sitting around either crocheting, watching a show, or sitting on the beach. It was great. It was very lazy. I had a really great time. I even like accidentally went live with Brittany at one point. <laughs> and that sounds weird to say accidentally, but I accidentally hit the multi-guest button to like request in and I didn't realize I did. Yeah. Um, so I was like sitting in my cabin in the middle of the ocean, just like on TikTok live. And I was like, oh, hey. And and then everyone thought I was like super tan. <laughs> Good because... thing you were, uh, you know, decent. Yeah, no kidding. And good thing I had that Elon Musk internet. <laughs> you fancy, you fancy Max. It was it was stupid expensive internet yeah. is what it was. It is. If you ever want to know how much it costs for internet on a cruise boat, um, I paid twenty five dollars for twenty four hours. Yeah, that's insane. Was it yep. at least a good connection? Yeah, it really was. I that's mean, good. I'm we, sure it's improved, but it, like, I feel like cruise ship internet is notorious for being horrible. Oh, yeah. Well, Starlink is obviously good. I mean, I was able to literally go live on TikTok on the yeah. cruise boat with it, and it wasn't, like, cutting out and stuff. So. Yeah, that's good. It was a good time. We had a really great time. I had a lot of great marketing success, um, but, again, I'm not going to get into that because we're going to have a whole episode Ooh, talking about stay that. Stay tuned, everyone. So <laughs> there's a little bit of a, you a know, teaser. a teaser there. Um, and then I'm really doing a lot of... You know, I've had my stackables patterns, um, and those have been like boom, 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 boom. Lots stacking of different up. mods stacking up. Um, so I got an itch to do a <laughs> tropical set. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made a flamingo, and I made a um, and now I'm forgetting what they are: a flamingo, a manatee, and a koala. So those are not released yet; they're not tested yet, but they will be at some point in February. Um, I met Kim. I met Hooked by Kim, yes. and that was so awesome. Um, she's exactly like she is, like on TikTok. I love her to death. Her daughter is adorable. We had such a good time. I flipping kayaked with manatees. I was yes. six inches away from a manatee. It was Were the most amazing thing losing ever. Losing your mind. I was losing it. I mean, <laughs> Leland was like in front of me. We were in like a uh, tandem kayak. And he's like, Mom, it's right there. It's right there, Mom. Holy cow, there's a manatee right there. And we were like, me and him were flipping out. And you're not allowed to touch them because they're endangered and it's illegal. But, like, I would have hugged the dang thing. I was so excited. And then we went and spent way too much money on manatee swag. As one does. So that was that process. And then I'm also um, working on... Some people patterns, like Some I've been. People patterns. <laughs> they are okay. I know that sounds weird, but like <laughs> you know, most most amigurumi is is animals. We do a lot of animals. We do a mm-hmm. lot of different animal plushies and things. So I'm making um, people. So I have Joey the Jungle Boy, Juniper the Jungle Girl. They're kind of like Tarzani, cavemen, whatever you want to call them. Um, and I, I'm like in love with them. I think they're so cute. And then I have an Adam and Eve mod for them, which I think is so funny. Um, and then I also started a beach, a like beach bum. So beach boy and beach babe type Mm -hmm. of mods that I started working on tonight. So there's going to be six different, um, people all in this one pattern. So cute. 
and I'm really pumped about them. I hope they do really well because they're super cute. I think they will. They're they're unique. Yeah, they're a little different. Everyone's really focused on Easter or Valentine's Day right now, and I'm kind of like not doing what everyone else is doing as you know I do so (laughs) I hope that helps bring in a little bit of popularity there and then I got in a car accident yeah 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 that one sucked um nobody got majorly injured I have a back injury but it's all soft tissue damage so nothing that hopefully will be permanent you never really know truly but no broken bones, no major injuries. I might be convinced I have a concussion, but that's also getting better. Um, my car's fixed. They did it really fast. So my experience with car insurance was very different from yours. So happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and um, they also are sending me hush money. So that's a thing. Just oh. kidding. Not hush money. No, they're like, we. they're sending me pain and suffering money. And Everyone's... I Everyone's wondering why the podcast quality just like drastically improved after Meg's car accident. One million dollars. No, it's it's like a piddly amount of money, but I'm not sad about it because I wasn't even expecting it. I was like, I just want my car fixed and my medical bills paid for. And she's like, we can do all that. We're also going to send you this check for X amount of dollars for all your pain and suffering. And I was like, all right, bet. You're like, I'm really suffering a lot, actually, now that I think about it. Oh, that back pain? Yeah, it's just crippling. No, in all honesty, it has really sucked, but um, there isn't really much I can do at this point. I'm just waiting for it to get a little bit better before I start going to a chiropractor, but um, it is improving. I just am taking it slowly, so. Yeah. I'm well enough to record a podcast. Yes. Well, that's good, because I don't think we could do two weeks without without you no I don't think so I mean you'd, be sad. You, you'd find a way but I also don't think so <laughs> I'm I'm pretty great I mean I'm the bread and butter of this podcast let's be honest <laughs> cries in editing <laughs> cries in italics <laughs> in reality I'm not even remotely the bread and butter of this podcast you guys like <laughs> she's the um I'm the comedic uh, relief. <laughs> you're like the the funfetti on top of the cake. I am. Yep, that's a great. That's you're you're the foundation of everything. And then <laughs> here I am to that's just That's Jesus, you sinner. <laughs> <laughs> My firm foundation. <laughs> I was going to start singing. The rock god which I <laughs> This podcast sponsored by Cody Carnes. Okay. Um yeah, and tell Maverick us all City. about you since I took up 15 minutes of talking about myself. <laughs> um, I've actually had a lot going on, too, with, um, yeah. I mean, like just some fun personal projects and then some some business stuff, too. Um, the On the personal side of things, I made a friggin' giant floor poof. Yeah, you did. And it's gorgeous. It's so fun. I'm using it as a footrest right now. Um, Ugh, it's very, it. it's very comfy and it's massive. I don't think I really, I feel like when people take on a big project, like a giant crochet mm-hmm. project, the response is always like, wow, this is bigger than I thought it was going to be. You know, like I yeah. knew it was going to be big, but I didn't think it was going to be quite this big. Um, that's kind of how I feel about this poof. I knew it was going to be big. I didn't quite think it was going to be as big as it is, <laughs> but um, but it's amazing. There's probably 130 liters of beanbag refill. That's amazing. That I ended up fitting in there. 
Um, and it's got this really pretty mosaic pattern. I talked about it last episode, but it wasn't finished. Now it's finished and it's great. Um, I also am nearly finished with a boho rainbow blanket that I'm it's making so pretty. for this studio. I have three rows left of the border and then it will be finished. Um, I made it in a baby blanket form for a baby shower like probably about a month ago. And then I loved the baby blanket so much. I was like, I want to make one for myself, but it's, <laughs> it's baby size. But it's like so your vibe. Like it is. You making it giant and then adding it to your house. It it totally like just it's it, the it's the vibe. It passes the vibe check for sure. So I made it in blanket yarn and that sort of um made it be like a normal size instead of a baby blanket. Mm-hmm. My first time working with blanket yarn. How's that been? Um, it's been fine. Like it's um it's a little bit it was a little bit of an adjustment when yeah. I first started working with it. I think I adjusted to it pretty quickly. Um it's it is weird going from blanket yarn back to acrylic. Yes, I'm that like, is a really so small. Odd. <laughs> so what hook size are you using? And then I have a couple questions about the poof too. Okay. Um I've been using a ten millimeter for okay. the yeah. blanket. Yeah. And that seems to work pretty well. And is that your first time using that big of a hook? No. Okay. So that wasn't weird then. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So backtracking to the poof. I got to know this stuff. First of all, from start to finish, how long, like roughly how many hours do you think you have into that poof? Oh, I hate this question because I'm so bad at estimating. Um, Okay. Well then let's just go by days. We'll say let's, let's go by a, a 24 hour period. Like how many days do you think you got into it? Um, like how many different days did I work on it? Yeah. Like obviously I know you didn't work like the whole day. The whole day, but Yeah. Um pro I mean, it was probably like sp- split between like eight or nine days that I worked on it. And mm-hmm. it would be like, you know, an hour here, a couple hours there. Um so I don't think it was like crazy. I I made it over the course of like probably a month. Sure. So do you think you ha- have at so least eight or, eight or nine days total? ten hours. Man, I was at the minimum. Like, I was thinking like 16 to 18, but maybe even closer to 20. Yeah. Yeah. That's And then how much did it cost you? Like it cost me about $50 in materials probably. Really? Yeah. That's so shocking to me. I wouldn't have thought that it would be that like little. The beanbag refill was like thirty dollars, mm-hmm. and that was the um, mo- wow. And that was the bulk of it. I mean, I already like, I'm factoring in the approximate cost of the yarn. I already had it all, so there's that. Sure. Um, except yeah. for I had to buy like two skeins of the green because I ran out. Um, but like the cream color that I was using is the Karen One Pound, which yeah is so a little more cost effective. Fifty dollars is. Not including the stuff you already had, or fifty dollars is including it if you would have had to price it out from scratch. I don't know. See, I'm bad at estimating stuff. Man, you gotta know this stuff. But I don't. I just see don't. in my brain, I was thinking it was it was pro- you probably would have had to invest like closer to like one twenty, like a hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah, in materials, I definitely didn't spend that much. Wow. Well, dang. Okay. All right, keep going. What else have you been up to? <laughs> um, so let's see. I think that's, I think I covered those things. So um, the other thing that mm. 
we have done recently that's been fun is I saw this picture on Pinterest of a crochet basket and it had these leather handles and I was like, ooh, that's really pretty. And I was like, oh, you know, what would be fun is if I could add leather handles to my shop now that I'm engraving leather and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I could make handles for baskets. But then I was like, I don't know how many people are making baskets like on the regs. I was like, but maybe people would want to if there was a pattern release for baskets. So <laughs> what's happening? I'm sorry. What's this happening? Might, this might be a moment to cut out or not. I'm not sure. <laughs> you said on the regs. Yeah. As in regular. Yeah. I thought you said on the rag. <laughs> like the, like rag. Like rag. <laughs> Like, as in a reference to that time. (laughs) And my immature self couldn't get past it. I just saw her, like, convulsing silently over there. Like, what is happening right now? I was trying so hard to be mature, and it just didn't happen. (laughs) So, again, I'll let you use your discretion whether you want to leave this chunk in or not. But I think everyone's going to appreciate my immature humor. Um, they usually do. So I'm sorry that you <laughs> put me in that position. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, yeah. Okay. So anyway, the idea was um, maybe if there was a basket mm. pattern to pair with the handles, that would be like an exciting, fun thing. Totally. And I had always pictured... Like, I'm not a pattern designer, but if I was, I would want to make a basket with the alpine stitch because I just think it's really pretty. Yeah, it's a really pretty stitch. And so on when I was on TikTok Live, I just kind of casually mentioned, hey, guys, I had this idea to do these handles, but I would need somebody who's a pattern designer because, once again, not me, friends. That's not my calling. That's not my ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's not my ministry. <laughs> um, if somebody wants to design a, a basket pattern we could do a collaboration and I could make the handles. And Britt was like, pick me, pick me, pick me. And I was like, okay, great. I, I, I pick you. I choose you. Um, so like the next day she sends me a picture of the basket. She's like ready to go. Um, so we put it together really fast. Um, I designed the handles and went with this like botanical leaf so design. Cute. They are the leather handles of my boho chic dreams, okay? Um, they really are. <laughs> and they snap on with um, with the snap rivets. <clears throat> and um, we released the pattern at the beginning of this week. And the pattern is available on Brit's Etsy. I'll make sure to link that for you guys. And I'll link the um, handles as well that you can get from me. And it's a nesting set. There's a small, medium, and large basket. You can make one. You can make all three. And then... Um, the handles i also have separate listings where you can buy either the size for the small basket separately you can buy the size that is for the medium slash large basket separately or you can buy the set of all three um as like one listing so those are all available um i think they turned out so so cute i'm really happy super cute i was really impressed especially with how like quickly she threw it together so yeah they're really cute and i think they're really well made also let's do a friendships less supporter test here let's not tell brit that we shouted her out a bunch in this this episode let's see if she actually listens to it the podcast (laughs) 
She might also be a few episodes behind, like you are the co-host of this. Sorry, I got the big C and then had a sinus (laughs) infection and then had an autoimmune attack and then went on vacation. And then got in a car accident. It's not like listening to the podcast is like a physical workout. I'll try harder to not get rear-ended. None of these things have affected your hearing, though. I mean, they so might, I'm saying. They might have. <laughs> they might have. So, like, basically, if she's listening to the podcast at the same rate you are, in, like, four months, we'll get a text going, thanks for the shout out. <laughs> Okay, we we have to point this out because this was the funniest thing that happened. You have to tell them about the girl on TikTok who had the realization of who you were. Yes, and and it I was. What's do you remember her username? Because we we gotta give it her has a shout the out. word mushroom in it, and then then I say I think some numbers. Okay. So I'm sorry I don't remember your exact username, but shout I shout out it's to something. our friend Mushroom. Um, yes, thanks for being a supporter of the podcast and Absolutely. for a very hilarious and heartwarming moment. <laughs> Yeah, I was was on live. It was the night where I was finishing the poof. And um, it was our first time jumping into my live and they were asking some questions and we were talking back and forth. And then it was kind of like at the peak of my that live was hopping. I had I hit like triple digits for the first time in a while. Look at you Um, go. And so it was when I was kind of the the viewer number was trending higher. And I was like, okay, Jessica, like promote yourself. You need Mm -hmm. to, you know, share with people while they're all here. So I was letting them know, hey, you know, give me a follow because I'm I'm always making fun stuff like this. Um I do, you know, engraved tags and patches if you're looking for that. And then I also co-host a podcast um with Megs called the Crochet Bays. You could check that out. And then one of the next comments that comes in is in all caps, like, I knew your voice sounded familiar. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like this cool moment because I was like, wait a minute. So you listened to the podcast and then found me on live, but like, you didn't know I was the, so like, you didn't know I was one of the crochet base. And she was like, no, I didn't know. So that's, that's a first for us where somebody like already knew who we were, but then didn't know who we are on tiktok because usually it's either somebody knows us from tiktok and then goes and listens to the podcast or finds the podcast and then comes and finds us on tiktok Mm -hmm. from there um but we haven't had people like discovering us independently yeah that was really cool platforms that was really cool. cool and i it was it was also true for me however she didn't happen to go into my my live, like she commented while I was hanging out in Jess's live and was like, right. Oh, did Jess tell you? And I was like, What are you talking about? So, but it was really fun, <laughs> super cool. That really made our day. Yes. Um, so, if you listen to the podcast, but you don't necessarily go on to like our social medias, like go and make us feel awkward and excited and, and go on there and be like, Hey, <laughs> I listened to your podcast. And then we'll like internally freak out and try to act like we're not freaking out. Yeah externally but you know <laughs> do the dang thing what even? i i tried uh, i thought it was gonna sound cooler and it, it just it didn't work anyways what you drinking i am drinking well at this point it's the, it's like that's all i've got left of an iced americano from duncan sounds michael so and good. i went out and we're door dashing tonight and i got a a little drink while i was out there and it's very tasty, but it's all gone now. I have, oh gosh, I'm hitting the microphone with my drink. I have, uh, 
It's all gone now. I'm Thank sad. you for that ASMR. Yeah. I just wanted to prove, you know, in case people think I was lying about the amount Appreciate of it. liquid that was left in my drink, you know, now you can hear it's gone. You hear that? That is the sound of my empty coffee mug because <laughs> I somehow never have coffee I'm drinking in the middle of the podcast. But I have some quality H2O in this quality Starbucks cup here. It's so big. It's a 24 ounce. I mean, I know that that's like normal for those Starbucks cups, but yeah. like, man. It seems massive, but it's only 24 ounces. Right. It's just so tall. Yeah. They just make them really weirdly shaped. I love it, though. Yeah. It's so obnoxious. They're like, we want to make this impossible to fit in your dishwasher. <laughs> well, and they're not dishwasher friendly anyways. Mm. So it makes sense. That's actually yeah. smart on their part. Don't put your Starbucks <laughs> they're cups like, it's in a the safety dishwasher. precaution. <laughs> You'll end up like Leo where you have a super rare one that you could get hundreds of dollars for if you sold it on eBay. And then your husband puts it in the dishwasher and melts Ooh, it. Oops. So it's useless. She Oops. still keeps it just to have like the clout, but you know. That's funny. I love it. I love Leah. Leah's great. She's, you know, we all know Leah. All right. Is that a good spot for the ad or? <laughs> That's where I'm going to cut it right there. <laughs> this episode of the Crochet Bays is brought to you by the Crochet Bays TikTok account. The Crochet Bays will be going live on their account to get feedback from you, dear listener, to get your thoughts and input for upcoming episodes. So if you want your chance to be heard on the podcast, Make sure you give them a follow at the Crochet Base so you don't miss your opportunity. All right, everybody. So today's podcast, we are talking about something that has been on a lot of people's minds lately. They've been bringing it up to Meg's and it's been a, a recurring theme mm-hmm. for Meg's lately with <clears throat> all of the patterns she's been creating. We're talking today about pattern testing. Yeah. And it's not really something, I mean, I don't think I've ever officially been a pattern tester before. So we're going to be talking to Megs and I'm going to be basically asking the questions and she's going to be answering them. And hopefully at the end of this episode, you guys will be in a better position to be a great pattern tester if that's something that you're looking to become. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with what a pattern tester is, you'll kind of learn that through this. And then if you are familiar with pattern testing, but you don't really know how to get into it, um, we're going to give you some ideas and some do's and don'ts and that sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. So the very first question, because we don't ever want to assume with the podcast that everybody's up, you know, with all of the lingo and knows all of the terminology. So for somebody who's maybe just kind of starting out in the crochet world, um, can you just explain what even is pattern testing sure Just the very basics yeah so um essentially you know when you go on etsy or you go on to ravelry or a website like that you'll see all these patterns you can either get for free or purchase well before those get listed to sell um a a designer will do a pattern tester call or they'll ask their friends it just really depends on what their style is um where they'll essentially have a group of people make the pattern and then give feedback on it. So they'll just, they'll look for, for, um, essentially they're looking to see if the pattern even works and makes sense. So that's, I mean, that's it in a nutshell. It's not really any more complicated than that. It's simply just testing out to make sure this pattern functions in the way it's supposed to. So it can be, um, put out for sale. I think in reality, any type of product really does that. I mean, obviously, like the things we make, we don't test. But like, if you think about it from a perspective of like a vehicle or, or a product that 
sits on a shelf in a big box store, like somebody tests those products to make sure they're like a safe, they work appropriately, you know, many different things. So like product testing is a very normal thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and it works up the same way in uh, the crochet world as well. It's kind of like research and development for crochet. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And it makes sense because I don't create patterns, but I can imagine that it can work in your brain as the pattern designer. Definitely. But it may not come across the same way to somebody else with a different perspective, a different way of thinking. So it's basically like making sure that your pattern is reproducible by other people. Yeah. So that it makes sense to multiple different types of crocheters. Yep. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. So the second question is, how do you become a pattern tester? If you can crochet and you have some type of social media platform where you can gain access to um, designers and things, whether it be TikTok, Instagram, or Facebook, because there is pattern testing going on through all three platforms. Those are kind of the major ones that you'll see. Um, You can pattern test. Now, you don't have to be an advanced crocheter. Um, Sometimes designers do like beginners as well because they want to see how beginner friendly their pattern is. Um, You definitely need to understand the basics and you need to understand a little bit of a foundation of pattern, like pattern designing. And I don't mean you need to know how to pattern design, but you need to understand abbreviations and how to read a pattern in order to pattern test. But really, it's not that complicated. Um, You don't really have to be at a certain skill level Unless it's obviously a pattern that's that's clearly an advanced pattern. Um, but as long right. as you can read a pattern, you pretty much can pattern test. Yeah. And <clears throat> talk a little bit more about the advantages of like a pattern test having a range of skill levels yeah. of pattern testers. So I personally like having a range of skill levels. I, I know it kind of scares people. I think when I do a pattern tester call, because I do ask what their skill level is. And I'm not asking that because I'm trying to like cancel out all the beginners. Um, I ask that question because I like to have a broad range. Um, the biggest advantage to that is having beginners, um, test something tells you, does somebody with the basics of crochet understand this pattern and can they reproduce it as easily as someone who's advanced? Right. Um, And then having someone who's advanced who may be more experienced can give you a better foundation of like, um, this might not be clear. You know, there's a better way to word this. Like they can give you a lot better, more formal feedback than someone who's a beginner who may be able to work it out, but might not have as as good of feedback and not that that's a bad thing because everyone all functions differently, but um, it is good to have a broad range because it really tells you what level your pattern's at. Um, I know a lot of times people will ask, especially in my lives, they'll ask what's a great beginner pattern. And then I can go through like the patterns that I've designed and say, these ones would be great for you. Whereas this one might not be um, based on, you know, who's, who's done it and who recommends it for beginners or more intermediate or advanced people. Yeah. Have you ever had somebody that was one of your pattern testers that just it ended up being where it was like, I just can't figure this out. Sorry. Um, I've never I've been I know people who have had that happen. Um, not personally for me. I've never had someone who just completely didn't understand it. I had people get confused where I had to like re explain it to them. And it definitely was 
due to a lack of experience and not necessarily like confusion within my pattern or poor, poorly written pattern. Um, but I've also had things that were poorly written and confusing too. So it, it goes both ways. I'm not going to try to say that I'm, I'm like perfect at what I do all the time. Cause I'm not, I make mistakes too, but I haven't had something that like extreme happen, but I have yeah. personally heard of it happening to people that I know. Um, and yeah. it can, you know, like there are definitely situations where you get a bad pa- pattern tester. Um, and or like pattern testers that just ghost you. I'm yeah. Sure that happens yep. Too. That happens. And I will totally talk about all that in the do's and don'ts for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, have you ever had, sorry, I'm just like curious now. This is, this is not oh, yeah. even written stuff. This no. is just me being curious. This is all the good um, stuff. Because I got a little bit, so like I said, I've never really officially pattern tested, but mm-hmm. I got a little bit of a peek into it with the basket pattern um, because Britt added me to the Instagram like group message of the pattern testers. Yeah. Um, you know, she wanted me to send in the pictures of the ones that I had made and then send the pictures of the handles so that the tester could, testers could see what they looked like. Um, so I was kind of just like skimming through and reading through the messages and looking at the pictures people were sending. So it was kind of like a little peek behind the curtain for me to get a little bit of a look into that world. Um, but I, so my other question that I was wondering about is, um, have you ever gotten like pictures back of somebody's finished product or even, I guess, a work in progress Mm -hmm. where you're like, oh, wow, that looks way different than like my version of it yes yep I have and um it can be a little uncomfy because sometimes someone is it just for whatever reason they didn't end up being like like as skilled as you thought they were or something and and or they just didn't understand something in your pattern like again if you have a beginner who maybe just doesn't quite have the knowledge behind it it can happen I have had that happen nothing super extreme where I was like uh like never again (laughs) you're like why does this giraffe have five legs how did that happen (laughs) but I definitely had somebody who maybe just didn't read the pattern correctly and they added things to it that just made it look a little weird um but nothing where I was like like you're canceled from pattern testing for life like I generally try to switch up who I have tests for me to just get like fresh faces and fresh, you know, eyes and things. Um, But I do have some repeats and I, there's also people who have tested for me that I will never let test for me again. And not to say that they're bad crocheters, just maybe they just quite aren't ready to be pattern testers yet. Mm -hmm. Or like didn't follow through. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, So now that we've kind of, we've kind of talked about it, hinted at it a little bit, um, walk us through like start to finish. What does the, let's say, okay, you've been chosen and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're, you're a pattern tester. What does that process look like start to finish as a pattern tester? Yeah. So everyone does it again, a little differently. Some people interact with all their testers individually. Some people, you know, make like for me, if we're just going solely off of what I do, um, mm-hmm. I, run all my tester calls through, through Instagram. Um, I add everybody to a group chat. I kind of give them the lowdown of how things are going to go down and what I require. So for me, I give them the freedom to use whatever hook size they want, whatever colors they want, and whatever yarn they want. Um, and I like to do it that way personally because it gives me an idea of does my pattern work up in different mediums? Mm-hmm. You know, especially when I'm doing no-so patterns or patterns where I where um, placement of certain things are really important. I want to make sure that that still functions appropriately 
with different types of yarn. So I'm not getting flooded with emails on Etsy of like, this isn't working. I'm using this yarn. I don't understand why and blah, 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 blah. So that's kind of how I do it. Then I request their emails. I send them a PDF copy, copy of the pattern. Um, I give them a period of time that they need to work on it and they have to have it done by this time. And then they kind of, um, some people like to have you email the, um, the, the, the notes that they give you. I personally just want them to do it as they go. And so they just add it to the chat that way everyone sees it. And that if we decide to change something like midway through, everyone gets it right there. Um, right. so they essentially just work on the pattern and, um, give their feedbacks and pictures. You know, we talk through it. It ends up kind of being like a little group chat and it can be fun. Sometimes you get really serious people who just want to get it done and are done and there's really no conversation. Um, but other times you kind of like get to know people and, and develop some friendships and that's really fun. Cause you just, you go back and forth and have a good time and you, you know, throw ideas at each other. Um, Every designer is a little different on what they like and don't like. Um, I know some people really don't like people to critique things. They just want them to to tell you if it works or not. Whereas others, like for myself, I want you to rip it apart. Like I want it to be perfect. <laughs> so if there's something where you're like, this is stupid, like tell me it's stupid. Like you don't have to be that like harsh, of course. It doesn't bother <laughs> me. But like honesty yeah but like that honesty like give me that constructive criticism I also don't mind suggestions whereas other people don't like that like don't suggest things to me just tell me if this works or doesn't work and I'll fix it on my own like if they think oh you could do it this way or what if you added this into the pattern I'm all for that I love bouncing ideas off of my testers um, especially with the ones that have tested for me multiple times because they kind of already know what I'm like and we have a good flow and a good repertoire together so um I'm really flexible in that way like um for example we started talking about like adding little felt bones to my juniper and joey pattern and then all of a sudden Kim was like I'm just gonna crochet one and then we added that to the pattern and it's super cute so yeah um yeah I mean it's it's really that simple you know they obviously part of the so with pattern testing the whole appeal of it of course is that I'm looking for someone to make sure my pattern works correctly in exchange for a free pattern. So you, your compensation is you get this free pattern and my compensation is you're testing it to make sure it works and you're helping me promote it and advertise it um, so that I can have a successful pattern release day. Um, Mm -hmm. So then that's basically it. I let them know when I'm releasing it and, um, and then they just help me kind of hype it up. Yeah. And I think that the like marketing promotion side of things is maybe something that people might not think about when they initially think about pattern testing. So yeah. like specifically what um what do you look for or ask for people to do when it comes to promoting it? So I'm really flexible. Um some people make like legitimate requirements like you need to do story, TikTok stories or Instagram stories, you need to make videos, you also need to make pictures, you need to be here here, do this and that. Like I just tell them, you know, post what you feel like, post to your niche, post to your style. Don't don't worry about making it perfect for me. Um cuz everyone's like picture level and photography level is so different. I'm not going to expect them to have the same as what I have being that, you know, I have a photography background, so it's a little bit different for me. And we all have different situations with, you know, like our our lighting and our, you know, camera capabilities and X Y and Z. So I don't focus too much on that part. 
Um, when, what I'm looking for is, do you have a public profile? Do you post consistently? And um, do you have people interacting with your posts? And when I say interacting with your posts and things like that, people generally get scared. They're like, oh, well, I barely have a platform. Like, like I maybe get like five likes on my, on my posts. I don't care. That's fine. Someone's interacting with your post. Perfect. Um, you're posting, you know, at least three to four times a week. Perfect. Like, I don't care if your follower account is a hundred people. That's not really my focus. I like to balance it out. So I do like to try to pick a couple people who have a larger follower account if they apply as well as the lower follower accounts, because there's some really talented and skilled crocheters out there who don't have large platforms because they just haven't got there. And it's like, I don't want to count those people out because they also give great feedback right. and, and are and probably have a little more time to dedicate. Yeah, to give for sure. To. Yeah, for sure. So that doesn't really bother me too much. Um, that's a big one for me. Um, I add stories to each of my tester calls. That's just something fun I like to do. And then I have requirements. So a lot of tester calls will have requirements for you and things you have to do to apply. So like, for example, in mine, I'll tell them, make sure they're following me, make sure their account is public, um, like the post, save the post. And then I'll usually have a question in there. Like, like for example, um, on my Joey and Juniper tester call, I said, who, which one would you rather test? Do you want to do Juniper or do you want to do Joey? When I was doing the Elliot, the astronaut tester call, I, I asked people what their favorite planet was. Um, so I always throw a new question in there. And the reason why I throw that like random question in there is because I want to make sure that you're following instructions. Because in my mind, if you can't follow the instructions that is posted in the application or the tester call, how can I trust you to follow the instructions in my written pattern? Mm, So I have passed up a lot of really great, like, crocheters who have good skills and maybe even have a really like large platform simply because they didn't follow instructions. And it's painful because like sometimes you see somebody (laughs) and you're like, Oh, I would love to have you test this. And I know that it would benefit me, but you didn't follow instructions. And if I'm not going to let this person over here that has 98 followers because they didn't follow instructions, I can't let you who has 10,000 followers do it either. Like that's a double standard and I'm not about that. So yeah. You're like, darn my principles. Yeah, (laughs) it really is. It's frustrating. But um, so (laughs) there's your first do. Do follow all the instructions in the tester call. Make sure you read everything because you could get passed up for simply missing something like that. Something Mm -hmm. so basic and easy. Just read the entire post. Follow the instructions. That's your first. How do I get picked to be a tester? So wait a minute, Megs. If I if I'm hearing you correctly, you're asking people to read on the internet? Yeah. Carefully? Carefully. And then follow instructions. I just don't I just don't understand. You know, understand the audacity of me. <laughs> in in this year, 2023, the year of our Lord. You're asking people to have reading comprehension? I just do not understand. Reading comprehension, people. Your age does not matter. <laughs> if you can read a pattern uh, and you can follow instructions, you are capable of pattern testing. There we go. Uh, that's a big uh, one. That is a huge one for almost everybody when it comes to pattern designing and <clears throat> testing like and posting tester calls. If you cannot follow the 
tester call instructions, you aren't going to get picked. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true. Um, and then you said one thing earlier that made me think of another, another quick question. Yeah. Um, with pattern testing, do you think a lot of pattern designers across the board have a general time frame of how long you have to pattern test or does it vary a lot from designer to designer um I think it varies I know even for me it's it's very different I generally like to give a week a week and a half depending on the pattern um if it's a little bit bigger one then I'm going to push more for that week week and a half um but I've done as little as like five days um for like maybe some of my more pocket no so quick makes um that don't require a lot um obviously like I don't I don't design wearables. So that's a whole other ball game like that. that those take time. You got a gauge swatch. You got to, you know, you're working with sometimes really thin yarns like um, sport weights and, you know, lace weights and things like that. So like that's a whole different ball game. I can't give a ton of advice on wearable pattern testing, but I can tell you that my guess is those ones are a bit a lot longer of a process because they got to make sure they finish. Um, I put time frames on them. And most people do because they want to release the pattern by a certain time. But for me, I also don't publicly post what the release date is because sometimes something doesn't work and you have to delay it. And then you have a bunch of people who are looking forward to this pattern dropping on February 4th when in reality, it's not ready on February 4th. And now I got to drop it February 8th. And everyone's like, what the heck? So I try to avoid giving them a date and give them more of a like flexible time frame. Um, that way, if for whatever reason we're struggling with something in the pattern or I have somebody in my tester call that completely ghosts me, which I have had happen, um, <laughs> it will, you know, it, it gives me that flexibility to kind of figure that out. Right. If somebody's not um, following up with you and they and they are ghosting you, do you chase them down or do you just like let it go? Um the experiences I have had is I've reached out a few times, um, asked them if they needed more time, you know, gave them the benefit of the doubt because situations happen and, and I cut my losses. Like, okay, you got a free pattern. Great. Like I just know for next time, don't pick you. And if I happen to see like a friend or something who, um, who you're like applying to test, I'll just, you know, very quietly go to them and let them know my experience with that person. Um, and that's essentially it. So not that I want to entirely blacklist somebody from pattern testing because that sucks and, and situations happen. But of course, when you're not communicating, then I can only assume that you are not somebody who is in it for the right reasons and, um, could be, you know, using somebody and that's not okay because obviously designing is a lot of work and we put a lot of time and money into this and you have to respect all sides of the craft. So, right, right, for sure. Um, so let's talk about best practices for being a good quality pattern tester. Yes. So this is kind of the do's uh, and notes. The, <laughs> right. Starting with the do's. The do's. <laughs> so, um, my biggest one that we already talked about, like, absolutely do read the tester call post in entirely and make sure you're following what it says. The next do is, you know, do read the pattern fully. Like don't just start making it and skim through it. Um, 
which is also a don't and a do. Like make sure you're reading the full pattern. Like it's always good to go through and spell check it and math check it before you even start making it. Because if you're doing it as you go, like I know everyone kind of works differently and some people do need to make it as they go, but I'm going to throw, um, throw Kim under the bus, but it's okay. Cause she's fine with it. <laughs> um, Kim actually tested for me. Kim tests almost everything for me. So Kim's one of my like reoccurring pattern testers. Um, she tested something for me and she's like, Oh, I have a note for you. I'm so excited. I have a note for you. So she sent it to me and I was like, Kim, did you, uh, did, did you read the, the notes and things up top? And she's like, no. And I was like, this is notated in the pattern. And she was like, (laughs) Oh, like, like she was so proud of herself. And I felt so bad having to like, let her know that no, I indeed actually did put that in the pattern. You just didn't read the pattern. Um, she That's learned funny. though. She learned in that moment that read the pattern entirely before you write notes. Um, that's a really important one. Make sure that reading comprehension, make sure you're reading through the whole pattern before you start making it and then start making it. Cause there may be notes at the top of it or midway through that you might need to know. Um, and we can't always like, you know, when you purchase a pattern, the designer can't give you a heads up on everything because it's already made. Mm-hmm. It's already there. It's up to you to read it, to understand everything in its entirety. So that's, that's kind of the number one thing. Um, make sure you're taking lots of pictures, take pictures of the, the process. So if there's, excuse me, I'm tripping on my words. Um, if there's portions of the pattern where you're like, okay, we don't have pictures, but I feel like somebody who's doing this pattern might want to see a photo of this, this portion of it, take those pictures. Um, you know, take quality pictures of your finished items, make sure you have good lighting, make sure you, you know, you don't have a very busy or distracting background. When you take the photos, make sure you're taking clear, um, photos that are bright and, and just like really display, um, the item that you made in its entirety. Um, one thing I would recommend is editing your photos is perfectly okay. That's, there's nothing wrong with that, but don't filter them where you're manipulating the way it looks drastically. You know, like Mm -hmm. if you're just bringing up the brightness to kind of, um, give it, you know, give it its true, like glory that it deserves of a pattern or whatever (laughs) you want to say, that's okay. I edit all my photos. I just want to, I'm going to let you know that every single image you see on my Instagram and in my patterns, those photos are edited but I will never edit them to a point where the color of the yarn is manipulated. I want to make sure it's as close to what you pick out of the store and look at as possible. Um, right. Cause that's important. People need to be able to see the yarn you're using. Um, right. And if just enhancing what's already there. Exactly. Definitely. It. Definitely. Um, make sure you guys are, you know, sharing, sharing all about the pattern drop, sharing, you know, the pattern, like, what you made and tagging the creator, just like help promote. That's a big one. Help promote. Um, make sure that you are finishing the pattern in the time frame that you are given. And if you cannot finish it in the time frame you're given, make sure you're communicating with your designer. Um, because you know, life happens, things happen. You know, you have emergencies, someone gets sick, your car breaks down, you know, stuff happens. Megs is just listing her last like couple Yeah, weeks. literally. <laughs> oh gosh. My life. My life. Um, no, 
but in reality, stuff happens. You know, we're all human. Um, and we understand, but just make sure you're communicating, um, give your feedback, give feedback. Even if you think the pattern's great and there's no like mistakes or anything that you need, like, even if you look at this pattern, you finish it and you're like, it worked up great. There's really no like feedback I can give to like change it in any way. Tell them that, give them the good feedback then tell them portions that you really liked about the pattern. Tell them things that, you know, tell them like your opinion on the skill level that pattern is tell them, um, it was an easy workup. If that's what you thought, tell them, you know, give them the positive feedback as much as the things you find wrong, because it's not always about find all the mistakes. Like sometimes it's also about saying, Oh, Hey, I think this is a great pattern and it would be fantastic for beginners. And you really could advertise this as a beginner pattern. Um, you know, like we want to be as excited like we're excited about it so we want to see that you're also excited about it and make sure that's genuine of course too like you don't want you don't want to fake it like be honest if the pattern is just really not like it for you and it wasn't what you expected and it it was really hard to work with like be honest about that because um we want to make sure that that the designer when they drop a pattern like that is not gonna absolutely have a nightmare and have people flooding their inbox with this doesn't make sense and this is horrendous and whatever else. And I want my money back and blah, 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 blah. So like <laughs> being honesty is so important. Um, so make those and make reasonable suggestions, you know, don't, you don't have to be rude, but you can be straightforward with people if something doesn't right. work or if it doesn't make sense, like that's really important. And I think we talked about this at some point. I don't remember if it was in a live in a previous episode, but basically like you'd rather have the constructive criticism in the testing phase rather than in a negative review on your shot. Totally. And that, and that is what, what it is. Absolutely. I would rather find the mistakes and get the constructive criticism and the complaints in the tester and testing pattern testing phase that's what I'm trying to go for um than I would at the end when someone emails me and and leaves me a one-star review because the pattern was awful for some reason now thankfully I have not had that happen but in my personal experience I have had people um message me on Etsy and find mistakes that my testers missed and thankfully they weren't anything drastic it didn't make me have to completely alter the pattern in the way in any way but it was such an easy mistake that all of us should have caught it, including myself. I should have been able to catch it really like fast, but that was a mistake I made on my end too of I didn't double check my final copy before I posted it. So mm-hmm. um, I would say after all the, um, all the, you know, everyone's given their feedback and everything, make sure everybody just goes through the pattern one more time, look it over double check there isn't anything you missed because I'll just say this much. My mistake that we missed is that, um, my row counts didn't line up. So we skipped a number and they went, it went from row 14 to row 16. Um, Mm. and it was, it's not a huge mistake, but it also can confuse somebody, um, where they go, well, what is row 15 is, does it just not exist? And we made a mistake or did we forget to add a row 15 and I'm missing a row? Right. So right. it's big enough. It's significant enough that enough that it will confuse people if they catch it, but not significant enough that it drastically altered the pattern. So it was definitely something I changed and 
and fixed because right. I didn't want people to constantly be messaging me confused um, or like being annoyed with the pattern, but also not like a massive deal. Like I can completely understand why we all missed it. Right. So if you're someone like me and you are afraid of hurting people's feelings, <laughs> just think you don't you you definitely don't want this person you're testing for. You don't want their business to suffer because you decided you wanted to be nice and spare their feelings <laughs> because of something that you're like, mm, I don't I don't want to be rude. It's like, OK, well, don't, you don't have to be yeah. rude. just share honestly what's up and know that you're saving them from potentially having you know a bad review. In the Trust me, it's more rude to say nothing and let the pattern be a flop and and cause their um, business chaos than it is to just be straightforward <laughs> and let them know that something is confusing or doesn't really make a whole lot of sense or isn't working out for you. Exactly. All right. Any other do's and don'ts? Lots of don'ts. We haven't really gotten to don'ts, <laughs> but those are more of the do's. So um, don't ghost people. That's the big one. Do not ghost people. It is not cool to to apply for a tester call and um, and then get the pattern and then just disappear. That's shady. That's not okay. You will be blacklisted from test testing, um, and yeah. people will make sure you're blacklisted. Um, now, again, life happens. Things happen. If for some reason you can't finish the tester call or you get picked, but then all of a sudden you're like, "Hey, I can't do this." Um, let them know before they send you the pattern, or if you already yeah. have the pattern, just communicate, you know, like, um, most of the time tester or designers are really understanding and they're not going to worry about it. And they're going to say, Hey, that's okay. Like keep the pattern. No worries. You don't have to buy it. Nothing like that. It's, it's all good. That's why we choose multiple people. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the other one I would recommend is don't like, obviously when, you know, you, you don't know if you're getting picked or not. So you may apply for multiple tests, tester calls. If you get picked to test multiple tester calls, make sure that you can handle testing multiple things at once. Um, yeah. so if you end up, let's, for example, let's say you applied to four tester calls and you got picked for three of them. If you can't handle testing all three of those within the time frame that you're given, make sure you're communicating with your designers and picking um, less patterns. For me, this is my personal um, like rule for how I function is if I apply for a tester call, I don't apply for a second one until I know whether or not I was picked for that first one. Um, yeah. Because I just know that I, I can't handle doing more than one at a time. Right. And I don't want to put that stress on myself. Some people can handle doing multiple at a time. That's okay. I know Leah does multiple at a time and she rocks them out. And that's perfectly fine if you can handle it. But make sure that you're working within your means and you're not overwhelming yourself because you're going to end up disappointing a lot of testers and you're going to get blacklisted. And that's not fun. Um, right. Don't sell yourself short. You know, don't don't think you're incapable of testing because you may find out that you love it and you are a lot better at it than you think. You have to just start with the first one and you learn as you go. I've become a better tester because I've become a designer, but also I've become a better tester because I've tested more than one thing. Um, don't alter a pattern. And now, obviously, we said you can make reasonable suggestions and things like that. Do not alter a pattern. And what I mean by that is when you are working up a pattern for a pattern test, do not change it because you don't like how the pattern works up. 
If you're struggling and you're not liking how a pattern is working up, you need to go talk with the designer and say, hey, this is not working or I'm confused with this. But if it's simply just a personal preference, um, then, you know, you don't like it and just suck it up, finish it and give your feedback. You can tell them, I don't really like how the, how you do this part. Um, I prefer doing it this way. And that's fine. That's good feedback. And that's honest and not like being a jerk feedback. But don't alter the pattern simply because you don't like how they maybe did something. Like that's... Yeah. It was, it's not helpful to the pattern right. designer to be like, here's feedback on something that's not actually exactly. what you Exactly. <laughs> don't change their pattern. Obviously, you can make suggestions. You know, if you're working midway through and you want to message them and say, hey, you know, this part is maybe a little confusing or there may be an easier way to do this. Here's a suggestion. Wait for them to tell you. You know, because like a lot of um, designers will say, hey, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's an easier way to do it. Let's change it to that. Or they'll say, "Nah, I kind of like how I'm already doing it. And then you can just keep going, keep trucking. Um, Right. This one is more of a do. Make sure you're proofreading for grammatical errors, mathematical errors, um, and then just general errors. I kind of already said that, but it's always good to to, um, reiterate that because that is probably one of the number one things we miss out of anything. Um, I already said this too, but I'm going to say it again. Don't skim the pattern and make the item. Make sure you read from start to finish so that you don't miss anything. Um, this one is a, something maybe we would don't think about, but we really need to don't show the pattern in images. And what I mean is if you print out the pattern and you have it displayed and you take a picture, make sure you're not showing the pattern off because that is copyright infringement and that is uh that can get you in trouble now i don't really think that anyone is going to um truly go after you for it i mean they can i take that back they absolutely can and some will but (laughs) don't do it just don't do it you know don't give give people information about the pattern you know if someone's like oh Mm -hmm. hey how many stitches around is it that's not okay to tell people um if they're Mm -hmm. not within the actual testing group do not mention anything about the pattern except for to the designer and the people within that tester group um obviously we said again make sure you're taking clear images and things like that um oh man i had one and i lost it there's so many different things we can say um clear clear (laughs) notes you know like if you are somebody like who isn't really sure how to give good feedback like this is how I do it. Um, when I'm working on a pattern, I notate for each row, even if there's nothing wrong with the row. Like, let's say, mm-hmm. you know, let's say row one is uh, ma- six single crochets in a magic ring. I say I will ro- um, notate row one, um, math is correct, and it works up correctly. So then I go through each each single row, even if it's, you know, I know some patterns are a lot of rows, but I go through every single row, every single bit of the pattern, and I notate something about it, whether it's good, it's bad, it works up perfectly, there's no mistakes. I even notate if there's no mistakes. And then once I've gotten all those notes down, I um, compress it into one to two paragraphs. So if I have rows one through 14 work up correctly and there's no mistakes in them, I say, instead of saying row one works up good and vice versa and going down through each row, I just shorten that into rows one through 15 work up well, there's no mistakes, the math is correct. Um, And then you can kind of go, you know, row X, this is what I noticed this, you know, 
maybe change it to this or this was confusing. Um, and just kind of give them like one to two paragraphs off of all those notes. Now, as you get more skilled in pattern testing and things, um, you'll kind of not need to do that as much. I just personally like to do it because it helps me backtrack if I need to or if I forget something as I'm going. Because sometimes you just get into the motions of doing the pattern and then you completely forget to go back to mm-hmm. like a mistake you saw way back. So that's why I like to notate for every row. But um, it's not necessary. It's just a tip that's helpful for me. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, just not every photo you take is to me a photo used, but taking lots of photos of the process and um, of things you might be confused on or there might be mistakes or whatever else is really helpful. It's helpful for you. It's helpful for the designer and it's helpful for other testers. Like, for example, um, I gave my testers freedom to do different variations of my patterns. So like, obviously I have the, the Joey and the Juniper, the jungle boy and girl pattern. And then they have the Adam and Eve mod and the beach boy mods. I gave them freedom to do the mods. Um, so there were times in the pattern tester call group where I would screenshot something in the pattern that they don't technically have yet because I haven't given them a final copy in case they wanted to Mm do, um, the mods. So it's just, you know, make sure you're, you're staying active in the group and you don't necessarily have to be, you know, going back and forth and interacting with every single post, but make sure your tech, you're communicating with your designer and you're checking like the tester call groups and stuff. So there's nothing you missed in there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really, it's really that that's really it in a nutshell. There isn't a whole lot else. It's not, it's not as complicated as you'd think. It's just making sure you're communicating and stuff, you know? Yeah. Good communication, reading thoroughly through the instructions. And I think, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Like capitalizing on your first impression of the pattern, making sure that you keep good notes. Because like, I've had things where not officially pattern testing, but just somebody sending me something and saying, hey, like, try this out. And you know, if I don't write down r- right away what my thoughts mm-hmm. are, then it's like you kind of forget. And then it's like you come back to it a second time. And maybe what you had a hard time thinking through the first time, you just kind of do it automatically the second time. And then it's like, if I didn't write down what my thoughts were the first time encountering it, I'm not going to be very likely to remember like, oh, yeah, I was confused about this when I first read totally. it. Um, so it's like keeping good track of those first impressions, because that's what matters. Right to the pattern designer is like somebody's first time reading through this pattern. Are they confused or do they understand? Yeah. Because the people who are purchasing the, purchasing the pattern, I'm really struggling to talk today. Um, (laughs) The people who are purchasing the pattern, that's their first, first impression of it. That's their first time experiencing it. Whereas like, if you repeat the pattern, you'll, you've already done it once. You already know, you've already talked through the problems that you might have. So make sure you really are notating on that first, first impression. Because that's kind of like the purpose of a pattern tester is to like get a fresh set yeah. of eyes on your pattern. So if your eyes aren't fresh anymore, <laughs> right, then it's not because as of course when I write it down, I've already made it. You know, like right. I write as I go, so I've already made it. It makes sense to me because I was the one who worked it up. But just because it makes sense to me doesn't mean it, 
it's going to make sense to somebody else. Um, and even like another tip I can give too, is like even notate on the layout that they use. Like I, I have a very specific layout that I use for all my patterns and I try to keep it consistent and, and I've gotten a lot of compliments on it, which I appreciate because it tells me that what I do works. Um, and, and a lot of people have given me feedback telling me like, I really like how you have your layout. It's very easy to read. It's clean. It's not confusing. Cause there definitely are layouts that are confusing. Um, you yeah. can tell when something hasn't been pattern tested, but it's been posted because you will find mm-hmm. lots of mistakes and it can get really confusing. Don't beat yourself up or get, you know, too disappointed or give up if you don't get picked for a tester call. Mm. Um, there could be a million reasons why you get, you don't get picked and, and none of them could be related to you at all. Right. Um, so if you don't get picked, just keep trying. Eventually you will. And the more you, you know, the more you try, the more you'll get picked and the more likely you are to get, get picked, you know? So just Mm -hmm. keep trying. A portfolio benefits you as well. Oh, like showing things that you've made in yeah, the past. Yeah, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. if I can go back and see that you have like a whole area of tester calls, like a lot of people will put them in their highlights. You like on Instagram, you can pin highlights. Right. And if I see someone has a tester call highlight, I'll go and look through them and see what they've done. And if yeah. it's somebody I can see, oh, you've done multiple tester calls before. Like you probably know what you're doing. So you are somebody who appeals to me. Um, but I don't. I also don't uh, exclude someone who has no experience in test, testing patterns because there was a point in time where all of us had never tested a pattern before and someone gave right. us a chance. So um, right. make sure that you're posting a portfolio, whether it's simply just your work or other tester calls you've done. Yeah. Makes and with sense. that, yeah. I mean, outside of that, just good luck and I hope that you uh, have a fun time testing patterns. Yeah. If you have any other questions about pattern testing, send them to the email and uh, we can maybe cover them in a future episode. Mm -hmm. From the makers of Pattern Juice comes Pattern Tester Juice. If you're pattern testing and you want to make sure you do the best job possible, look no further than Pattern Tester Juice for all your pattern tester needs. Available in the newest flavor, Terrific Tester Tangerine. Take a sip, then test away. How do we create a beverage that improves your pattern testing? Dozens of dollars of research has gone into our patented product, and the science is there. Just trust us. Try your first bottle of Pattern Tester Juice today. Pattern Tester Juice is not responsible for dry mouth, drinking of hands, inexplicably tangled yarn, or desire to pet wild animals. Please drink with caution. Okay, everybody, welcome back to our final segment of the podcast. And what what's this what's this segment called, Megs? It's my favorite one. It's shut up and take my money. Yes. And what money? Wait. Nope. That's not how that goes. What? <laughs> what is our money being taken for today? <laughs> You're not the only one screwing up your words. I today. love it. Oh man, what an unhinged episode. We're just you know <laughs> getting back into the flow of things. Um, no. So today's shut up and take my money is a ring light. And Mm -hmm. you all may be asking, uh, Megs, what the heck do we need a ring light for? And, um, the real answer to that is nobody's asking because they absolutely know what you need a ring light for. Um, but it's a good one anyways, because it applies to many things. And since our topic was pattern testing, 
Um, we did talk about making sure you had clear and bright photos and things like that. And a ring light is one way that um, you can make that easier on yourself. Not everybody is gifted with a giant bay window in their living room that gives beautiful natural light because their house faces <laughs> the south, um, like me. So for those of you who maybe don't have great lighting in your house, um, live in colder climates where going outside isn't really a great option either at certain times of the year, a ring light is a really cheap and great way to get around that. Um, it'll give you good lighting um, that you can take photos with. And also it's, it's a side bonus. You can use it for, um, for live streaming. If you do any type of live streaming, whether it's TikTok live, Twitch, Instagram, Facebook, whatever else, um, it has dual benefits there. So you can find them very inexpensive, both, you know, at big box stores like Walmart and Target, you can find them on Amazon. Um, I think, you know, I have a different one from, from Jessica, Jessica's is really neat. Hers is kind of fancy and it's like tabletop-ish. So um, I think we'll end up linking a couple of them in the Shut Up and Take My Money storefront because yeah. there are so many different options out there. I would really recommend, you know, reading reviews to kind of decide what's going to be best for you um, mm-hmm. based on what type of stuff you like to do. But um, ring lights are a huge benefit to any type of business or um you know, any type of online business you, you may have. And like I said, we'll, we'll link a couple of them. So you have a couple options, but definitely do some research on them as well. Cause you may find something that's a little bit better for you in your circumstances. Right. And I feel like, you know, most people nowadays are probably taking pictures on their phones yes. or, you know, their social media stuff. And you do not have to have the top of the line phone to get a good picture no whether you have like the highest quality camera phone or maybe it's more on the lower end no matter what phone or like what type of camera you have good lighting will always make it better absolutely (laughs) like yep good lighting can make the difference between a horrible picture and a great picture no matter what kind of camera you have yeah, absolutely. And like, here's the thing. My background is in photography. I used to do newborn photography and, and just photography in general. I'm never going to say a camera or a camera phone is, is the equivalent to a professional camera because it's not, and it never will be. You, you <laughs> right. don't have the capabilities that a professional camera does. However, I will say that some of these new phones, you know, like honestly from like I don't, I don't know a ton about like Android phones, but like, I know a lot of them have really amazing camera capabilities. Um, I'm an iPhone gal myself. Any iPhone tens and up like really are game changers with the cameras. They just keep getting better and better. I take my photos, even as somebody who did have a professional camera and stuff, I take all of my product photos on my iPhone 14 Yeah, and they look great and I have no issues. Um, as long as you kind of understand how to use it, which it doesn't take rocket science to figure out how to use a camera phone, you will be fine. Yeah. Yep. Good lighting. Natural lighting when you can, but mm-hmm. the ring light is a great addition. It's a good tool to have in the tool belt. Oh, I have a tip on this too. So mm-hmm. I hear so many people say, oh, it's cloudy out and there's no sun outside. Let me tell you, as a photographer, your That's best, um, yeah, your best lighting is overcast. Right. Because it's, it's not harsh. It's not harsh. Um, you're not going to get shadows. Overcast is your best lighting. So don't count out photography simply because it's not sunny outside. The sunniness can be created with a little bit of editing. 
um, you cannot take away that, that overblown, like harsh lighting when the sun is out. So overcast is your, your, um, ticket. I, yeah, I butchered that. (laughs) Which is great news if you live in the Midwest. Yeah, it it really is. It really is. (laughs) In January. (laughs) Overcast is the way to go. Now, if you're in Florida, you know, good luck. You, you, if you were counting on sunshine to take pictures, everyone in this zone of the country would be like, well, it's going to be another three months till we can add new stuff <laughs> to our websites. <laughs> no, no, Overcast is great. Um, you just, you work with what you have, of course, but that's my, yeah. that's my photography tip that I tried to make sound really fancy, but I absolutely butchered it. So I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I promise I, I do. I I thought you sounded like you knew what you're talking about. Okay. Well, hey, thanks. Yeah. So that is going to conclude our episode for today, friends. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something. I learned something because it's not really a part, you know, I'm not really super involved in that part of the crochet world. So um, hopefully you have just, you know, you've just graduated from Meg's master class in pattern (laughs) testing. Master class. And you're ready now to to be released into the world of pattern testing and you're all going to kill it. And I I'm just excited for you guys. Will I ever be a pattern tester? I'm not going to say I'll never be a pattern tester, but I don't think it's something that I'm like trying to do often because it's not, um, I'm just, uh, like the, like listening to you list off how detailed you get and everything. I'm like, that's not my ministry. You know what I mean? I just, (laughs) the Lord has not called me to this work. I, I feel like we need t-shirts that say that's not my ministry. That's not my ministry. Or a sticker because I just I just love that. Please let us know if you too would love a t-shirt or a sticker that says yeah. that's not my ministry. I Slip will stitches, say. That's not my ministry. Oh, no, absolutely not. That's not any of our ministry. Weaving in my ends. That's not my ministry. <laughs> hey, the great thing about Amis is weaving in ends is the easiest. I will say, that's though, so true. if I ever get the itch to make an accessory or a wearable, I will absolutely make you pattern test it. I would do it. Yeah. 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 I think I would. Yeah. I won't ever make you do an Ami because that's not your ministry, but. (laughs) (laughs) You're like blankets. That's not my ministry. (laughs) That would be a lot of people. But absolutely will. uh, will make you pattern test if I ever get the itch to try something outside of Ami again. Yeah. Side note. Um. Some a phrase that Michael and I often say that it just this whole conversation made me think of it. Um, <laughs> there, there was this. I I don't know if it was a group of people or one man in particular. So like, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, both Michael and I went to college in Tennessee, and we're not neither of us are really from the South, but we did live there for four years. And um, so when we would be on the worship team, if he would like catch us after service, he would just say, "Thank you for your ministry." <laughs> thank you for your ministry and so we say that to each other all the time like you know i'll cook dinner for him and he's like thank you for your ministry absolutely (laughs) i've heard you say that many times and it's my favorite thing (laughs) so that just cracks me up that's all (laughs) that's the end of that story um so yeah thank you guys for listening to this episode looking forward to the next episode should we give them should we tell them a little bit about what the next episode is going to be about this little teaser little teaser trailer yeah why not we teased it a little bit in the beginning let's tease it in the end yeah 
Um, so basically the next episode, we are going to talk a little bit about some creative ways, maybe some unconventional ways, or maybe things you haven't thought of to market your crochet business. Oh yeah. It will share some of our own thoughts. We'll share some thoughts from our listeners, from our followers on TikTok. It's going to be great. It's going to be exciting. And believe it or not, my cruise actually plays a role in this. Ooh, I wonder how. Stay tuned to hear. So um, make sure that you do all the things that help us grow as a podcast. Um, leave us a rating. Share it with a friend. All that good stuff. If you're not following us on TikTok already, we have an account that we have not been posting at very much. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Jessica. <laughs> Listen, I was very upfront that I'm not good at managing it's more fine. than one social media platform at a time. Oh, there I go again. <laughs> Tickle my throat. Okay, I'm good. With with that, we're going to end the episode. Oh, man. So we'll see you guys next time. And until then, crochet, drink coffee, and be kind. Okay, bye. Crochet bays. We're gonna crochet while we talk about crochet. While we talk about crochet, you can crochet too. Yeah.